Do I need a life coach? You're listening to episode 74 with Rhiannon Bush, part eight of the Your Year series. Welcome to the Do I Need a Life Coach podcast. We're here to discuss the ins and outs of the life coaching industry and give you tools to use to see for yourself. I'm your host, Rhiannon Bush, mother, management consultant, and a passionate, certified life coach. Well, hello, my friends. Welcome back to Your Year Series, Part 8. Can you believe it? I hope you are well underway with your goal setting. I hope you enjoy the exercises that we are doing and getting to explore parts of yourself and ask yourself questions that you may not have really considered before, just to deepen your understanding of what it is that you want and the direction you want to go in your life. I always love doing these sorts of exercises around the end of a year. I mean, yes, you can do them anytime, but the thing about doing it towards the end of a year is I find energetically things really change, not only within me, on my own in myself but I feel like there's this collective energy that happens in the quantum soup that we live in where people start to really look forward to the end of the year and having a break and starting to reflect on the year that's been and yeah it just it can change year on year but I do feel the energy shift and I think it's a really wonderful opportunity at this time to do the same for yourself to stop and go okay so The first four episodes in the Your Year series are all about the goal setting. What do you want? Where do you want to go moving forward? And then creating the action plan to get there. The second block in this is about letting go of the past. So today's episode, letting go. Um, But, you know, the last few episodes, we've really looked into your values, what drives your behavior. We've looked into moments that matter uh, around you know, things that have happened in your life that shaped who you are, whether it was for better or worse, and then actually starting to try to let go of that. Last episode, we spoke about stop limiting your, your thinking and ways of you actually stopping to limit your thinking and instead the opposite, opening your thinking up. And today, we are talking about letting go, which is feedback I have had for years. So many people have said, Rhiannon, just let go. And I been like, ah, you know what you can do with your letting go. So it's taken me a lot of soul searching and a long time to realize what that actually means for me. Uh, and I am someone that when things get harder and my external environment changes quite dramatically, I like to control all of the things that we can, um, that I can, and then, you know, put a lot more restriction around all of that just to give myself some stability in this changing and somewhat crazy world that we live in where things change constantly. You know that saying, the only constant in life is that it's always changing or some saying like that. And it's so true. The more that we can focus on what we can control and let go of the things that we can't, the happier we will be because we can control our universe and plan for it and let go of the things that we really cannot impact anyway. Before we dive in today, I want to give a massive shout out and thank you to Amy from Sydney um, for writing in and sharing with me your struggles and the amount you have to think about and your mental load between your work and other commitments that you mentioned, it certainly sounds like it's a lot. So I just want to really commend you and say congratulations 
that at this time of year, you're still committed to your growth and your development and really setting yourself up for success next year. I think that's absolutely incredible, you know, and then add to that the fact that you took the time to send me an email and engage with me um, to get even more out of it just shows your commitment to your personal growth and to your development and your focus moving forward. So I just really want to do a shout out to you and say thank you for engaging. It's so lovely to hear from you. And I'm really honored to pull this episode together for you and, and to try to help. So thank you. It's a really important thing to begin to recognize what you're hanging on to and why and how that stops you from getting to where you want to be. Because even if holding on isn't directly related to your goal or where you're headed in life, it steals your very precious mental energy and allows something to permeate that blocks or prevents you from focusing on the things you need to focus on in order to succeed. Those things, at the very least, are a distraction and at most are an obsession that keeps you stuck, let alone them messing completely with your energy field. And I know that's really, really fluffy, but what you get out is what you get given from the universe. You know what I mean? Like that law of attraction thing. There is actual science behind that kind of in the way of quantum physics, right? So, I mean, have you ever had an instance where you have been at the end of your tether with something thinking, why am I doing this? Why am I committed to this? This is just not going to happen. Like I've had it in my coaching career, right? I have had moments where I've been like, why am I still coaching? Like this is not, you know, the, I'm working, doing all of these things and the universe isn't rewarding it or responding to me and I just don't understand. And then a new client will sign on and I go, oh my God, it's exactly what I needed. Almost that sign to just go, yep, yep. I'm headed in the right direction and it's being reinforced. I don't know if you've had instances like that, but I'm reading a book at the moment and it's very much about energetic alignment. And when you are energetically aligned, your values, your thoughts, your beliefs, the way that you see the world, then the world will actually respond to you a lot better. Okay. On a different example, I remember years ago, I had a friend who was seeing a guy and they were dating and they'd been dating for quite a while. And then a lot of others in the friendship group started to say, oh, when are you putting a ring on it? What, you know, why aren't you engaged yet? When's he going to propose? And eventually she got sick of it. And she said to him, when are you going to propose? And he said, well, actually, I've been seeing you and somebody else. And I just don't know who I'm going to choose. And she said, well, I'm making the choice for you. And she walked away. Credit to her. Awesome. Go you. She let him go literally and said, see you. Energetically, she didn't. And while she wanted to move on and really wanted to meet somebody else, she didn't for a very long time. And the reasons for that was because energetically, she was still hoping that he would turn around and pick her. And it was a really sad thing to watch because while she'd made the call, she couldn't find it in herself to move forward and say, actually, I'm worth so much more than that and actually believe that statement and then go and date and fall back in love with herself enough to attract somebody new and she clung on to the thought that he was going to turn around and, you know, come back into her life. And actually, he wasn't the kindest person and he strung her along. Even after she'd said, see you later, he gave her a lot of um, indications that he was going to come back and then never did. 
which energetically meant she never moved on, which meant that, you know, there wasn't that alignment and it was very, very difficult for her to move on and meet somebody new. So holding on to things mentally will muck up at the very least our energy, which then perpetuates <laughs> things not going the way that we want them to. As I spoke about in the last episode, as a new mum, I defined my success statement as I'm responsible for my kids' safety, their physical, spiritual, intellectual, and mental safety. And I knew once I came up with that, that it was perfect for me because it's energetically aligned. I remember it easily. I haven't had to rethink it or edit it, which means it hasn't weighed on me mentally at all. It's just there. I remember it, I retain it, I can say it, I can repeat it, and that feels great. And the best part, having that statement, that success statement about being a mum gives me such clarity around what I need to pay attention to and what I need to let go of. So for instance, my four-year-old son, he is loving dressing himself and he loves to wear odd shoes and socks. While I look at him dressed that way and think, oh, you can't wear that out of the house, I get to stop and go, hang on, does that impact his safety? No, it doesn't. Any of the kinds of safety? No. So let it go. My two and a half year old is very, very confident in the pool. She jumps in without me paying attention or focusing on her. Is that jeopardizing her safety? Absolutely. So it's something I need to pay attention to and I need to teach her. Is TV jeopardizing their safety? Too much of it? Yes. So there are boundaries that I can put around it. The best thing about a truly aligned success statement, because you've taken the time to define and consider what success means for you in a particular area of your life, is that it enables you to let go of the things that aren't encompassed within that statement or to do with it. So letting go is twofold. The first thing is the things you pull on yourself that you may not need to. The second is things others do that you let bother you and why. Two Buddhist monks return to their monastery after the rains. They reach a rushing river and in front of them is a beautiful lady in a delicate silk kimono, distressed because she's unable to cross the river by herself. So the older monk scoops her up carries her safely to the other side, and the two monks continue on their way in silence. Five hours later, as the two monks reach their destination, the younger monk, literally fuming, bursts out, how could you do that? You touched a woman. You know we're not allowed to do that. The older monk replies, I put her down five hours ago, but you are still carrying her with you. The things we hold on to grudges we bear or things we feel angry about or hurt, they cloud our mind and they prevent us from being the best we can be. Energetically, they infest us and they also affect those around us. They affect the way that we submit and put frequencies out into the world, right? This also crosses into our decision-making. I've listened to a lot of people talk about how quickly we can actually make decisions. We make decisions in a split second. It's actioning those decisions that takes time because we deliberate or we procrastinate because it's out of our comfort zone or it might offend somebody or it may be complex or a difficult decision to make. But the decision itself, we actually make very, very quickly. So the quicker you can action a decision you make, 
the less focus and mental energy it will pull from you, which means you can enable that energy to be used for more important and fruitful things. Think about the last time you had to make a big decision. Or it's right now and you're trying to make a decision about something. Think about what that decision is. You already inherently know what you're going to do. You feel it. You know the decision that you want to make. So why haven't you made it? Why haven't you taken those action steps to actually implement that decision and and have it done? There is a reason, my friend. I promise you. And it's okay. It's probably a very valid reason. But you've still made the decision that you've made. And you've made it for whatever reason you've made it. And that's okay too. Letting go usually involves some form of forgiveness or acceptance, whether it's yourself, someone else, a situation, or even an unknown third party. The irony is that whatever you're holding on to, it's probably hurting or bothering you much more than it is anybody else. Letting go doesn't just mean we condone a situation or a behavior. It's not us justifying it or saying that that's okay. It's about lightening our own load. Because when we can let go of whatever it is that's bothering us, we set ourselves free and we get to reclaim that energy for ourselves. We get to forgive, we get to forget if we choose to, and it will actually feel lighter and freer. You don't need to know how to let go. You just need to be willing. You can't change the past, but you can learn from it and you can change how you feel about it moving forwards. And remember, Whatever you find it hardest to let go of is probably what you need to let go of the most. Also, we tend to get dragged down and overwhelmed by things that accumulate over time and end up cluttering our minds. Now is a time to identify what you're tolerating. Cluttered space equals a cluttered mind. I don't know if you've ever looked at something and just thought, oh gosh, I don't even know where to start. I used to work as a stage manager and I remember when it came to pack down and bump out, we had these incredibly elaborate sets and costumes and AV equipment and just staging and we would have to pack it all up and it was always just so overwhelming. Setting it up was fun because we were making it come to life but packing it down It was like a grieving process and it was just so overwhelming. A good friend of mine renovates houses and she's bought houses. She said, Ray, I've just sat on the floor and looked around and just cried because I have not known where to even start. It's a similar thing. When you have a lot of baggage that you're carrying around, you need to lighten that layer by layer by layer and you will feel lighter as you let go of it. And while you may not wish to do anything about this right now, just listing what you need to let go of here will raise your level of awareness and you will naturally begin to start handling it, fixing it, resolving it and loosening your grip on it. So here's your exercise. Get your notebook and pen and simply Start listing what you're holding on to, what slows you down, what riles you up, and anything that gets in the way of you being the best you can be. What you're putting up with at work, at home, to determine what might be the things cluttering your mind, infusing your energy with things you don't want there and slowing you down. 
Examples can be incomplete tasks, frustrations, problems, other people's or your own behavior, clutter, should, things you should do, people you should see, things that you should attend to, unmet needs, crossed boundaries. A client of mine is just always saying yes, they cannot say no. And the impact of it is massive, not only on them, but on their team. Pressure in organizations gets pushed down from the top. So if the top are panicked and pressured, they push it to their subordinate, push it to their subordinate, push it to their subordinate. And what you end up with is people working crazy hours all because somebody couldn't say no. Because if that person had said no, then the people above them would realize that there is a capacity issue in the team. They need to hire new staff or they need to revise the timelines of which they want to implement things. And then people wouldn't be so disengaged and under pressure and burning out. And then the organization has to pay out a ton of money in sick leave and there's lack of productivity and it just becomes this absolutely massive problem. So side note, say no. But there are all of these sorts of things that slow you down, unmet needs, overdue library books, outdated wardrobes, unresolved issues or guilt, lacking of exercise, eating too much, being indecisive, procrastinating, lack of sleep. All of these things have an impact on your energetic field and your energy that's in your house. Have you ever moved house and you've cleaned it out of all your stuff and it doesn't feel like your house anymore? So all your stuff has energy, right? I know that sounds bizarre, but think about it. Once the photos are off the wall and the artwork's off the wall, once the rugs are removed, once the furniture's removed, once all the utensils in the kitchen are removed, it no longer feels like yours. Like I've picked up someone's iPhone once, they had the exact same case as mine and as soon as I touched it, it, I knew it wasn't mine. And then the screen lit up and I saw the photo on the cover and I was like, no, it's not my phone. But I could feel and I could sense that it wasn't mine. Energy, so important. So over time, as you think of more items, add them to your list. And one of the ways that I assess this is I think, what am I thinking about all day, every day? What thoughts do I keep coming back to? So it's really interesting what consumes my thoughts repeatedly over time and often. And this can be little things, routine, or it can be big things like grudges against someone. It's often a person or an event. And while we covered this in moments that matter, this looks at it slightly differently because it might include those little niggly things and not things that require full-blown clearing and shadow work and all of that really cool, juicy stuff, okay? So consider this. What's consuming my thoughts? What do I need to let go of? And how do I benefit from holding on to this? What does this give me? Because it'll give you something or you wouldn't be holding on to it. If you're struggling with identifying a benefit, there must be something that you're holding on to in the way it benefits you, okay? Ask yourself, what do I gain by keeping hold of this? If you need to let go of something you've done, simply ask, what do I need to do that will allow me to let go? What lesson do I need to allow me to let go of this? It might be an action. It might be a forgiveness. It might be a lesson that you need. Perhaps you need to make some notes in your journal of what you've learned. Perhaps you need to make some changes. A friend of mine had a weekend 
while her partner was away and one of her children was sick so she had to stay home. And she cut out all the repetitive things that needed doing. So she'd load the dishwasher but instead of putting all the stuff away, she'd leave all the plates, bowls and cutlery and glasses on the bench. She cut out the whole step of putting them back in the cupboard. So instead of bathing the kids, they had rinses if that's what they wanted to do. She cut out the things that didn't matter to make life easier. You can do that too. What are three things you are insistent on doing that actually do not need to be done and would not affect anybody else negatively if you decided not to do it? Just for a second, imagine letting go of everything on your list. How does that feel? What have you learned from doing this exercise? Well done, everyone. I will see you soon. go i always find reviews really helpful when looking for new information or insights if you found this podcast valuable please take a minute to write a quick review about what you found most beneficial so that other people can benefit from your insights and have to listen as well i would love that also if there are any topics you want me to cover specifically about life coaching or the life coaching industry visit rhiannonbush.com to contact me Thanks for joining and I'll see you in the next episode of the Do I Need a Life Coach podcast.